For the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Uh, great to have uh, you with us tonight. I have to tell you, uh, I was kind of uh, a little bit you know, on the edge whether or not I was going to do a live show or not tonight because I was just so tired. I had such a great week. Um, a lot of you follow me on uh, social media and you know that I was in Detroit and I was there for some trainings on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then I, um, I actually took some people up on their offer. So the last time I was in Detroit last month, uh, three different people reached out to me and said, hey, had I known you were coming, I would have gotten together with you uh, and and taken you here or there or shown you this or that. And uh, so I did. I extended my trip a few days and I connected with people and, and I really loved it. And I'm hoping to get to do that a lot more. Uh, one of the things that I'm planning on doing is a road trip where I'm going to I'm going to rent a car so I don't put the miles on my own car, but I'm going to rent a car. And I'm just going to drive to all the cities where I know I've got uh, a lot of contacts, you know, places like Dallas and Houston and Chicago and Nashville and Atlanta. Uh, just, you know, I mean, all those big areas. And I know I didn't mention everybody, but um, I had a, a great time. And one of the things that I found to be really interesting was all of the, there is this perception. Uh, Detroit has a real image problem and maybe deservedly so, but Things have changed in Detroit. I, I went through Detroit quite a few times when I was a musician. And uh, yeah, it was a dirty city. Um, it wasn't a, a pretty city at all. And um, there were a lot of there was a lot of crime and crime got really bad, you know, especially maybe like 10 or 15 years ago, you know, similar to what has uh, begun uh, to happen in Chicago. Um, but but right now, I'm telling you, I, it was it was a gorgeous city. There was so much to see, so much to do. The food was just fantastic. Um, just to give you an idea, uh, I had I had a gyro on Saturday, and when I first um, uh, got into downtown Detroit, um, which was on Thursday, I had a, a, a fantastic pizza. I mean, you got all that like urban food, which is just great. And there's so many like really neat sights to see in Detroit. And of course, the last time I went to the Henry Ford Museum, to the Motown Museum, I went to a Tigers game. But this time I met up with some really great uh, friends, just know them from online. And uh, I met up with them and I want to thank Javon and Tatiana and Joshua and Tim, all who met up with me. And uh, we did different things. Um, one of my Christian brothers took me out. Uh, it was uh, an afternoon breakfast to this fantastic place where they have baked omelets, which I've never had a baked omelet. And it was incredible. Uh, I think the place was called something like the Pancake House. And then uh, I went out with Tatiana and her and her son and we played miniature golf and we got gyros. Then we got crumble cookies and that was fantastic. And uh, then Tim uh, lives, he's actually an American citizen, but he lives in um, 
Windsor, Ontario. So just the other side of the bridge or the tunnel, depending on how you get over there, uh, from Detroit. And uh, it, it is interesting. And, and one of the things, too, if you look at a map, you actually go south to get into Canada from Detroit. And this is kind of like uh, a real uh, brain teaser, because when you think, how could I be going south to get into Canada? You have to look at a map to see this. But in any case, um, I had never been to Windsor, Ontario. I've been to many parts of Canada, uh, crossed over many times, flown in many times, but never been to Windsor, Ontario. And it was a really neat little town. And we had uh, some fantastic uh, barbecue uh, dinner. Um, what we actually got was something called a smokehouse burger, which is what he recommended. And it was like a, a burger with um, barbecue sauce on it and all kinds of toppings and, and onion rings on it as well. It was really something else. And uh, then I got this, this Molson Canadian beer, which I wanted to try Canadian beer. So I got a glass of Molson Canadian beer and the glass was so beautiful that I actually asked, <laughs> I actually asked the, um, the server, can I have the glass? <laughs> I'll pay for it. And they actually gave me the glass, which was which was really cool. So I've got that, um, you know, just as a neat souvenir from the trip. But it was a really great uh, time. And uh, Detroit's a neat city. And, you know, I'll continue to go there for business. Uh, one of the big mortgage companies that I um, do loans with is there. Um, but uh, it's also a fun place to visit. There's just a lot of things to do in Detroit. Okay, so one of the things I did when I was there is I took an advanced social media seminar. And it was two days. And I went to this a little bit, honestly, kind of skeptical because... As many of you know, I do a lot of social media. I'm a 58-year-old guy, but still, uh, I'm pretty darn good at social media. You know, I have uh, a lot of followers online, and uh, I think I've got 800 episodes of this show online. Uh, so I'm pretty good at it. So, you know, what could I really learn? But uh, I was surprised. I really had, I had to give myself, after I finished that seminar, I learned so much that I said to myself, you know what? I mean, it, it, had I known what I know now from that seminar, I would probably have 10 times the following that I presently have on social media. So I started using a lot of the strategies that they recommended. And in particular, um, two things that really resonated with me that I, I learned that I really, you know, you know, on Facebook, when you have reels, it's called reels, which are short video clips, and then you have stories um, using those two um, features of Facebook is something I really did not do very much. Um, and it turns out that those are the two most powerful features of Facebook. And I've only been using these two features now since that seminar. I've been using them a lot. And uh, I'm telling you, I'm getting like so many more times uh, the views and the response that I've ever gotten learning to use these two features, Reels, um, and also stories. And then there was a lot of talk in the seminar about TikTok and also a lot of talk too, just philosophically about social media and, and what is it and how do you use social media to drive engagement and, and to take it a step further, how do you use social media to build a business? And so there were, there were a lot of different opinions on it. What was really cool about this class was there was a lot of people in there that were really knocking it out of the park with social media, and they were able to share their own ideas and strategies. And it was taught by a, by a young guy named Julian, 
And um, he, this guy has his own clothing brand and he is just fantastic. And, you know, I I hate to say it, but like younger people uh, are the place to go to be able to, you know, get the latest information on social media. Um, But my takeaway from it was, was really this. Um, I think if you use social media properly, use all these different tools and you use that to promote yourself really as a brand, like to brand yourself then you can you can use that influence that you have, um, you know, to build a business. And it, it almost doesn't matter what kind of a business that it is. Uh, you, you can use that to build a business. And, um, you know, there were people, you know, we, we were in this class, all people that work in the mortgage and real estate uh, field. But you could apply these same ideas really uh, to just about any business. But uh, fantastic information. And one of the things I'm going to be doing, so so online, obviously, I share a lot about my personal life, um, but I also share a lot about real estate and mortgages and also personal finance. But I'm also going to start sharing a lot more about travel and also a lot more about social media. Because even if you don't, let's say, aspire uh, to build a big business using social media, um, it still is is a great tool um, just to build a a, a center of influence because you know one of one of the examples that uh, came up in this class was let's say that like you're in my industry you work with mortgages and real estate not everybody needs a mortgage uh, broker loan officer you know or a real estate agent every day I mean most people don't need that every day maybe they'll need one every five years or every three years. But when they think of that need, you know, who do I know that is a loan officer? Who do I know that is a real estate agent or whatever it is that you do? You want them to think of you. And that takes time to build that brand awareness and consistency. And, you know, posting every day or at least several times a week is is really a big key to that building that awareness, because it's so interesting how um, it if you start posting to social media and building your brand, what'll happen is you may not see a lot of results right away. And that's where a lot of people make the mistake and they give up, but it'll be down the road. It's, It's like farming. You plant those seeds, you plant those seeds, and then eventually your following begins to associate you with that brand, whether it is, you know, that you're an attorney uh, you know, maybe you're somebody that, um, you know, teaches music lessons. I mean, whatever it is that you do, um, you want people to associate that service or that type of business with you. And, um, that is really the key to branding yourself. And another, you know, takeaway, and then we'll move on is you want to give value when you're posting on social media. Uh, you want to, you know, make sure that the information that you're giving people, it's not just about call me and buy my thing or, or do business with me, but it's, it's also just, you know, giving people useful information, um, uh, that can help them, you know, not necessarily, you're going to make any money from it. And also just sharing your life. I mean, people, people like to follow other people's lives. And, and that's one of the things I, I learned just, um, you know, in traveling just this week, you know, how many people just love the little videos of me walking around in Detroit, taking a picture of what I was eating, showing people the hotel where I was staying and how I got this apartment for less than the cost, uh, you know, of a, of a hotel and just, you know, all the things I was learning and, uh, people love that too. And so, you know, you, you can, you can look at it as, as a platform, but it can't be just a platform that's all about you. 
in terms of like, what can people do for you? But it also has to be about what can you do for them? You know, what, what resources can you share with them? What information uh, can you provide to them to be able to, uh, you know, enrich their lives? Um, and, and one of the things I think too, you know, in the Christian community that is lost is the ministry of encouragement and edification. Uh, I get it. You know, a large part of our calling is sharing the gospel and bringing people to Christ. But another part of our ministry is a ministry of encouragement. And you see that throughout uh, the New Testament in the Apostle Paul's writings, you know, encouraging the different churches and the believers at that time. And and that's part of ministry. I know people, you know, get maybe more excited about the, you know, the salvation report and the baptism report. And that's all fantastic, of course. But what I'm talking about is once someone is a believer, uh, providing, you know, encouragement and resources to them. And that's what we've done at christianmoney.com. You know, we're not shy about sharing the message of salvation. In fact, in my book, How to Pray for a Financial Miracle, I dedicated an entire chapter to how to become a Christian. Uh, but this whole idea of, of Christians in all these various services that are out there providing um, you know, encouragement, information, resources to their brothers and sisters in Christ, um, you know, is it, certainly a ministry. I, I really believe that it is. But in any case, we'll move on. Uh, oh, one other thing, too, is there was a lot of talk about uh, threads, which is the new Mark Zuckerberg social media uh, site. And I was hesitating getting a threads account. Now, threads is basically a copy of Twitter, really, it, but it's inside your Instagram and oh, and they did talk a lot about Instagram, which I don't do a lot with Instagram. I got to look at that, too. But I did set up a threads account because one of the things the instructor said, which I thought was very interesting, is that because threads is new, there's an opportunity to get in on the ground floor and maybe get a lot of followers by getting a threads account open. So I went ahead and opened one. And he um, said, you know, the first people in on Twitter, the first people in on Facebook, you know, these bigger, you know, these sites that were small at one time and then became big. Um, there is an advantage of being positioned early on when these uh, sites um, do launch. So so I did set up the threads. I haven't been doing a ton with it, but uh, I'll be looking at uh, uh, doing more with it in the coming days and weeks. So the trial for Donald Trump on the uh, classified documents charges is now set for May here in Florida. And this is going to be pretty fascinating because I don't think we've ever had anything like this in the history of our country. That is a former president sitting on trial during a campaign cycle. I mean, so this is going to be like right in the middle of the 2024 campaign. And, um, you know, I, I admire Trump so much because of his tenacity and his perseverance because uh and, and you can't help but watch what's happening. It seems like the more they come after Trump, the more it backfires and the more popular he gets and the more likely it is for him to get elected. And there's no doubt he's probably going to use this trial just as more promotion and publicity for himself and for his campaign. And, um, you know, it kind of reminds me of uh, the scripture, no weapon formed against me will prosper. And, uh, you know, Ron DeSantis is now laying off uh, campaign workers um, he's apparently, you know, his campaign is, is bleeding money right now. And, uh, Trump continues to get more and more popular. I just, uh, uh, you know, the guys like the Everetti bunny, 78 years old, and, uh, who knows what's going to happen. Um, maybe this is just all, all going to work for him. And I mean, what happens though, if he gets convicted and then he's elected as president, um, really bizarre times. 
So uh, Jason Aldean, uh, the country singer, has um, really got himself into a huge controversy, which you would never think it was a controversy, but I guess it is. And um, I haven't listened to the song, but I've read all the articles about this. So he's got this song out, which basically is excoriating the Black Lives Matter violent protests. And the message of it is, you know, something along the lines of you would never get away with this in a small town. Like, like they were able to get away with those riots and protests and burning buildings and all of that in, in a big city, but you'd never get away with this in a small town. Uh, sort of, you know, both uh, criticizing BLM as well as kind of celebrating small town rural values. And uh, Jason Aldean, uh, it, it, in the beginning here, he was, I guess, uh, had some kind of a fallout with uh, country music television. Um, but now it looks like other big country stars are drop, dropping their relationships with country music television as a result of what they did with Jason Aldean. And uh, the cancel culture definitely came after Jason Aldean this week. And uh, it's interesting to see. He, he seems to have uh, become a much bigger name and has benefited from this. There is just no way to deny the fact that Jason Aldean, everyone knows who this guy is now. And a few days ago, maybe 20% of the country knew who he was. Um, I know some of his family. Uh, he's, he's apparently a fantastic guy, a conservative guy, and um, you know, popular in country music. I'm not a fan of his music, but uh, uh, it's interesting to see. You know, Once again, the cancel culture loses. Uh, here's a guy who is probably now going to become one of the most famous names in country music <laughs> because of this song and because of them trying to cancel him. And I mean, obviously, you think to yourself, you know, what has happened to this country when a guy who who writes a song basically saying that it is wrong to burn down our cities and to be violent and then is celebrating small town, you know, rural values? I mean, how can we be upset with that message? But apparently uh, the liberal elite in the media are uh, so former Vice President Mike Pence says that he's not yet convinced that Trump's actions on January 6th were criminal. And uh, Pence is kind of in a box here. And I'm not really sure if he benefits by continuing to talk about January 6th. He's trying to thread a needle. He's trying to say that maybe what Trump did uh, wasn't a good thing. Maybe it was a bad thing, but maybe it wasn't a criminal thing. And uh, I, I feel bad for the guy. But, you know, if I were to give him any advice, I would say, uh, look, I've already talked about my feelings on January 6th. I want to talk about the future of the country. I want to talk about my policies. I want to talk by, about why I would be a better uh, president than any of the other uh, individuals, um, you know, competing in the primary. I, I think that's how he needs to answer those questions, because I just don't see any upside to him uh, in a pro continuing to address this question, because obviously the media wants him to say what <laughs> Trump did was criminal. And, uh, you know, when you when you look at what Trump did, you know, obviously many of the protesters, what they did was criminal. I mean, what they did inside the Capitol, uh, you know, violence, uh, graffiti. Uh, I mean, those people, you know, that were destroying things and being violent. Um, they need to face consequences. Absolutely. No doubt about it. But then again, you have a lot of people that just went in there and were taking pictures and videos not so sure that 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 was really a crime at all. And if you look at what Trump said in his speech, 
I'm not really sure that you can make a, a direct connection between what happened with some of those violent, uh, you know, protesters and, and the people that were destroying things. I'm not sure you can make a direct connection that he should be held responsible for that. Um, it, it's, um, you know, certainly something that, you know, people can say he may have created this, you know, this atmosphere where some people decided to to go that way, but you just can't make that direct connection. So, um, it, and, and Pence obviously was in a tough spot, right? Because uh, on the one hand, you know, all the legal experts and everything I've read is that there was nothing he could have done, you know, to not certify the election results at that point. And there had been a lot of litigation leading up to that. And he was, I don't think he was, he was in a situation to decertify any of the uh, election results at that point. Um, that should have been something handled um, in the court system. And I just feel bad for Mike Pence because I think he's 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 probably a guy that would be a fantastic president. And uh, he's a conservative guy and a Christian. And uh, I just uh, hate to see him kind of in this no win situation uh, that he was thrown into. And then uh, DSCR loans, you know, what what are these and why is this such a big deal? And this is something becoming really, really popular, especially as the price of real estate has um, softened uh, a little bit in, in many parts of the country. And in other parts of the country, it's softened a lot. And uh, DSCR stands for Debt Service Coverage Ratio. And these are loans that can be used by investors to purchase uh, rental properties. And what's so unique about the DSCR mortgage is that they don't look at your personal income to qualify you for the loan. But what they are looking at is the income from the property. And this is what makes the loan so unique. Um, you typically need uh, about 15 to 20% down. And then if you have the credit score and the property you're buying will throw off enough money uh, to cover the, you know, the debt on the property, uh, then you can buy the property. And, and what's really neat is you can buy as many properties as you want doing this um, in traditional underwriting where you have to use your personal income to justify the mortgage. You end up running out of, you know, uh, you, you run out of a property option. So, so like you might only be able to get three rentals, maybe five rentals and based on what you earn in your business or, or in your job, you're going to have to justify uh, largely covering those debt payments. But with DSCR, they don't care what you personally make. They're looking only at the income from the property. And um, I have uh, read stories of people using DSCR to accumulate 10, 20, even 30 properties using this kind of loan. So it, it is a really interesting product that um, the interest rate's a little bit higher than what we call a full documentation of income loan. Um, but it is a fantastic um, product for those people looking to buy rental properties. And you can also use it to take cash out if you're somebody that already owns a rental property and you want to take cash out, this is another way to go, uh, is the DSCR loan. All right, uh, that's all I've got for you tonight. A little bit shorter show <laughs> as I'm catching my breath uh, after the uh, early flight this morning. God bless. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, if you want to get in touch during the week, of course, the email is jim at christianmoney.com. And uh, we have all the different options for download and streaming and all of that at jimparisradio.com. Thanks so much for joining us. So long. We'll talk to you next time. Goodbye, everybody.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.